In the early days of pastoring, uh, other pastors intimidated me. I didn't really like to be around them because I was pretty sure they could tell that I wasn't a real pastor. Uh, I was just a farmer trying to be a pastor. And so I, I just got real nervous around them. So I tended to avoid them. But I went to some events and started making some friends of uh, guys that were pastors. And one of uh, those friendships was James Gleason. He was pastoring up near Portland. And uh, yeah, he came to some of the things we did here and we saw him together. And now he, uh, over the years, his church has done well. And he is the general director for our association in Alaska, Oregon, Idaho, and uh, Washington, Oregon, Idaho, and Alaska. And so he's going to share with us right now a few words. That uh, And uh, he's promised that he's not going to say anything to embarrass me, right? No, I didn't promise that. Uh, you, you, you asked me to not say anything that would embarrass you. But Dee, I appreciate you. Patty, thank you so much. Mike, what an amazing ministry that God has given you here in the community of Jefferson. And as a person who has been blessed from afar, uh, hour and 10 minutes this morning, uh, I just want to say thank you. Um, uh, you know, the reality is pastoring is hard work. Loving people is hard work. Um, not you guys, you're easy work, I'm sure, but my congregation is hard work. And, uh, along the way we learn from one another and, uh, D you've been a great mentor in that regards. There is a passage in scripture that, uh, jumped out to me a couple years ago. I make it a practice to read the Bible every year, use a different translation. And I just so happened to be back at the NIV, the 1984 version. That's, that's kind of where I'm from. If you're a 1611 King, James. God bless you. I'm a 1984 NIV because I memorized so much of it in high school and college through that. And I decided to read through and this jumped out at me. And I love the way the NIV translates this. This is 1 Thessalonians 1, 2 to 3. Paul's reflecting back on this congregation and he says this, we always thank God for all of you, remembering you in our prayers. I love that. He goes, when we think about you, as we're praying, we thank God for you. We continually remember for, before our God and Father, and he says three things. He says, your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope in the Lord Jesus Christ. He said three things. When I think about you, when I pray about you, there's, there's this joy that wells up in me. And, and I think about it because I see your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love and your endurance inspired by hope. And JBC, I want to think about that first thing, you know, the, the, the work produced by faith. Um, the, the Bible calls us, God calls us to live by faith, to walk by faith. Um, we see a lot of faith Baptist churches. We never see sight Baptist churches, although we could probably say we could kind of identify those and put up our own name. We are called to, to walk by faith. God never invites us to do something that's easy. He invites us to take a step of faith. And JBC, you've walked by faith for as long as I've had the privilege of knowing you and obviously before that. And the reality is, is that it's faith that drove you to do all of the things that God asked you to do. And nothing ever in your life of any significance will be done if you're not hanging out on the edge of faith. I know we like to sit back in the easy chair, but that's not where God wants us. D, you've been one of those handful of leaders in my life that's challenged me, challenged me to lead by faith. And I'll never forget, 
um, just the reality of that. I was a, a student at Western Baptist College. You were at Western Baptist Bible College or Bridal College, whatever they called it back then. And uh, now it's Corbin, but at Western Baptist College in the 80s. And my buddy Tim Baker in the late um, 89 or so, he said, uh, hey, we got to go check out this church down in Jefferson. And, and the guy's crazy. He uses like 50 verses in a sermon. And, and uh, it was a lot more like 40, but it was a lot. I've never seen anybody use that much Bible in a message before, but I saw faith. I saw faith that produced a work and the ministry there. And then as I came back to this area and became the youth pastor and senior pastor at my church, my wife and I came down to, I think it was a great commandment seminar. And uh, we sat there in the gym and, and we participated in that. We saw your slideshow. I'd never seen one of those. And I'm th- I just, I just sat there as a brand new senior pastor thinking, God, one day I want a slideshow of how good you've been. Because I just don't want to keep doing ministry. I want to see you show up. And I want to see stories like that. MD, thank you for inspiring. Because God's used, you know, just so many of those same things. Challenging uh, our church and growing. And um, I, I reached 30 years at my church this coming June. And uh, we're going we're gonna to have one of those slideshows. Because it's about God. Those are God's stories and God pictures. Because that's a work produced by faith. And then Paul says, a labor prompted by love. Now, personally, um, I've never had a baby. Um, you can see that, right? Uh, my wife's had three sons, 18, 19, and 21 now. But uh, in the second and third one, she had them so fast she couldn't get you know, any kind of painkiller. So I stood there and, and helped her by saying, push. Um, I, but I know physical labor is hard work. All those construction projects, it's hard work. But once the baby's born, once the building's done, you stand there. And you're in love with what God allowed you to be a part of creating. Because that physical labor produced something. And your church has labored with the gospel. And it's all because of love. Um, you're the I love you church. I, I'll never forget hearing that. And I thought, well, that's really strange. You know, I, I didn't grow up in a house saying I love you. It was kind of a, it was an angry, abusive household. So I kind of, you know, didn't really like hugs and didn't really like, you know, people telling me I love them. I didn't say I love you to a lot of people. I married my wife and I found out she was saying all the time, I love you, I love you, I love you. And one day I woke up realizing, you know, I think she wants me to say it. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not that smart. And I thought, well, you know, I told you I love you when we got married, and if it changes, I'll let you know, you know. But I realized I should be saying it. So I started saying it to my wife, and that was awkward. Isn't that weird? It was awkward, and now I say it all the time. And then coming to church, and you, you telling about you saying I love you to the church, I thought, i got to go home and try that. That was really weird. And people wanted to check my, you know, temperature afterwards. But I started doing it, and I do it so much now. I mean, I do it with people at work. I do it with people in my neighborhood. I did it with a guy on the phone this last week, a couple days ago. It's kind of funny. I talked to this guy, and, and he's not even a Christian. I go, I love you. And I'm, I hung up, and I'm like, man, I might want to call him back and explain what I just did there. <laughs> but your love has been a sacrifice of giving of yourself even when it's difficult, and only God could prompt that kind of love because of the labor you produced. And finally, endurance inspired by hope. Uh, you did tell me that basic rule that I can't embarrass you, um, but this is going to get close. Um, 
I remember that story you told um, uh, in, in you know, the idea of, of running, and running's a beautiful metaphor for the Christian life and getting into running. And, and I, actually, I was thinking, we drove uh, to the Dalles, I think it was. You did a prayer or Hood River somewhere, a prayer seminar, and I videoed you. And you, he had been to our church to do prayer conferences and things like that. But that story stood out to me because you were running, and I thought, what, what a fool. Only a fool runs, right? And then you told this story about running in the gym, and, and uh, when you're done with the lap, you sound like a dying sea lion or something like that. And the reality is I, I picked up running, uh, you know, because of those stories. And, and uh, I, I just even ran yesterday and I still sound like a dying sea lion. But, but, but there's a running endurance that the Bible teaches us of a lo- 50 years, friends. This is amazing that you've been running the race 50 years and not giving up. And um, I thank you for your example of faith and hope and love. Those are words that Paul recounts in 1 Corinthians 13 as the most important things. And so, JBC, thank you that as you mark this moment in time, um, we all get to see a snapshot of that. But it's generations of people who've, who've labored with love, who've walked by faith, and who've endured because of the work and the faith that God has given. So God bless you. Thank you so much. Pastor D asked if I'd close off the service, and I'm glad he did, because if we have a 75-year birthday party, um, I'm not going to be singing a song, just to let you know. <laughs> I just want to get that straight before we, we, go, we go further, uh, if, we, uh, if we do that. 50 years. 50 years is a long time ago. Where was I 50 years ago? I was one month from being born. <laughs> I was born in November 1973. So just one month from being born. You know, they say it's a celebration when you turn 50 years old. You know, I did some research. I don't know if it's a, really a celebration. Did you know that uh, by the time you turn 50, uh, you actually start shrinking instead of growing? I mean, shrinking not this way, shrinking this way. By the time you turn 50, you sh- you've shrunk one centimeter. You know that? You know that you shrink, but also that your ears keep growing? <laughs> you shrink, and then your ears keep growing after you turn 50. That's just facts that I did on some research. And they celebrate that when you turn 50. I guess that's what's going to happen next month for me. But your nose actually keeps growing as well. But it's not actually, it doesn't really keep growing. It actually just starts to sag, and it looks bigger, because I don't know if it comes out or how it works. This is just the research. I'm, not, I'm just trying to figure out what's going to happen to me next month. Your hair starts to get a mind of its own. My wife would tell you that my hair has always had a mind of its own. I remember the days that she says, you need to start plucking your eyebrows. And uh, I grabbed some tweezers and oh, they hurt. And, and the more you pluck them, the bigger they get. I mean, I had to go to the pliers and oh, it was horrible. <laughs> the frustrating thing about that is I did that for like two years before I figured out that you can just shave them. Yeah, all you have to do is shave them. She goes, no, you don't shave them. It's like, I'm going to shave them. I'm not going to do that. Yeah, when you turn 50, things happen. You know, when you turn 50, every year after you're 50, you, you lose strength even though you're faithful. Even though you're faithful, you still, you still lose strength. What does that mean? At 20 years old, you say, oh, I need to lose 25 pounds. You know, you go out and exercise for a month, come back, yes. Lost 25 pounds. When you're 35 years old, you say, oh, I need to lose 25 pounds. You go out there for two months. After two months, you go, oh, I got 10 more pounds left. Then you do another two months. Yes, I got it. 
But when you're 50 years old, you say, I got to lose 25 pounds. You exercise for two months. Now I got to lose 30 pounds. <laughs> it's not because of muscle mass either. That's just what happens when you turn 50 years old. And I got to celebrate that next month. But do you know what the difference is between us turning 50 and a church turning 50? Is every year after 50, we lose strength if we're faithful. But for a church, every year after 50, you gain strength um, if you're faithful. Every year after 50, you gain strength. When Pastor D came in, there was 18 people um, that was part of the church. That's 18 champions. 18 people, prayer warriors, starting a church. Today we have about 800 people that show up on a consistent basis um, during our Sunday services, Sunday and Saturday night services. So you have 18, but now we have 800 people. Just think of 800 people were faithful at praying. What's the magnitude of the strength that's going to come from that? 18 faithful readers of the word and all the way through the years, last 50 years, read the Bible every day, every day, every day. Read the Bible, read the Bible, read the Bible. 18 is what started, and it started to growing the church. What happens if 800 people read the Bible every day, every day? 18 faithful evangelists, that's 18 faithful people with the gospel on their lips, giving it to, to lost people. That's where it started, the last 50 years. You started at 18, and then it started growing, and it started expanding, and what happens where we're at right now? 800 people with the gospel on their lips, sharing the gospel to people. 18 people were faithful to love God with all their heart, soul, strength, and mind, and love others as themselves. What happens when 800 people um, are faithful to love God with all their heart, soul, strength, and mind, and love others as ourselves? We're in a good spot during the celebration of, of, of 50 years. A good spot as a result of faithful people that came before us. Their faithfulness has taken place 50 years, and in that process, we are where we are today as a result of faithfulness. So what's the future look like? (laughs) It just depends if we're going to be faithful. That's it. It just depends if we're going to be faithful. You know, so I've got to, you know, preach because I'm standing up here, so I just want to, you know, preach one thing. Let's be faithful. Let's make it good. You know, I'll probably be around 25 years. I'll be 100% dead after 25 years. Maybe, I don't know. We'll see where I'm at after 25 years. I think I'll retire then. That's that's a good time. But then it's going to be pass on, pass on. But we're going to pass it on because we were faithful during those 25 years. Got lots of opportunity as a result of what has come before us. In fact, every time I even stand up here and I I preach from the word of God, I think of um, the prayer that has been behind this pulpit. And what I mean by prayer, it's not, you know, hours of prayer, you know, hundreds of hours of prayer. It's thousands of prayer, thousands of hours, but not only thousands of hours, tens upon tens upon tens of thousands, probably more into the hundreds of thousands of hours of prayer because of commitment that has been here to make sure that this church moves forward for the kingdom of God. A lot of history has taken place, which has now given us a lot of opportunity. Let's pray. God, we thank you, God, for faithful individuals on their knees praying that your kingdom would grow as a result of this church in Jefferson. God, as we look to the future, I just pray that uh, we would be faithful as well. 
faithful prayers, faithful readers, faithful evangelists, faithful disciples. God, uh, your work would uh, not slow down, but would increase, would multiply, increase to great numbers, God, knowing that there's so much that needs to be done. We love you in Christ's name. Amen.